0: Wormhole Manifest. I would like to welcome back to the show my good friend Mario Mora, the artisan and rogue. Mario, your name has once again been added to the manifest and we are going to be traveling through this wormhole and we will see where it comes out. And we don't know where that will be, but it will be
1: fun. Yeah.
0: So welcome to the show, man. Awesome. How's it
1: going? Thank you. Um, it's going pretty good. Going pretty good. I cannot complain. I cannot complain. Um I love that you do this show later in the day, honestly. Um <laughs> I've I've I remember one time trying to do um there was an interview that somebody had done over Zoom and they wanted to meet at 7 a.m. Oh wow I you wanna talk about stumbling. I I was lucky I remembered my name. It was really bad. Because <laughs> they were asking me questions and it's like I man, I don't know. Normally I'm still asleep right now, but <laughs> Yeah, I'm not very professional on a lot of those sort of things. It's, it's
0: whatever. Oh man, yeah. No, that's like, I, I, I can't function before noon. It seems these days. Like it's. I know. I mean, even if I get up at eight a.m. or you know at the latest or early at the earliest, sometimes it's it it just it never you know once you're like retired. I guess. I mean, I'm not fully. I I'm fully. I'm disabled mm-hmm. and retired, but like it's. uh you know, I I don't go to have a job to go to. So like, I'm not worried about that aspect anymore. But like the, uh, the thing is, is like, I, I try to get up and and do things, but whenever it is when I roll out of bed is just when it is. And, and then I have my morning routine, you know, but like if, um, you know, my business that I own, my computer repair business opens at 10. And so, that's when the phone could start ringing, you know? So I have to be prepared for that. And, uh, and I, you know, I got my, my, you know, I get my morning tea and my, my protein bar. And I like, you know, have my little, uh, notepad and and I get my, my landline phone that the customers call Mm -hmm. and I set it all there on the coffee table. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready to work, (laughs) you know, but it takes me a while to like drink that tea and I'm like watching the news or something, you know, and I just kind of start to, take in the day but man if i had to do something like like the old days like get up at you know five forty five in the morning or something to be at work by like 6 30 or 7 yeah. and and do all kinds of crazy stuff i'm like i just my brain would not function you know I, it would take me a while to figure out how to do that again i think yeah you know
1: well i know it's like crazy for the past it's probably been about now now i'm going on two years that i've been staying you know for the most part working off-site and staying home doing freelance um, but recently like you know I've had like one particular client which I, I don't mind this at all but they'll be like well hey can you come you know work on site there's some projects who have some real quick turnaround emails not fast enough so we're on a deadline or whatever going in and walking back into that same sort of scenario again like for me it's the whole cubicle hell thing and that sort of thing uh, yeah. there's a weird sort of like I don't. I can't even fully describe it, but it's the whole thing. It starts the moment you wake up. You're like, OK, I can't even take 15 or five minutes to do anything extra. I have to be at X place at this time because people are expecting yeah. me. Yeah. And that is like <clears throat> that is like the most despairing moment. And it very much a very first world problem. <laughs> I should put I should put that qualifier on there. But that is something that I was like, no, I worked really hard that I wanted to be able to, to do my stuff away from there. And I will go in, but like, it's crazy. The longer I've been separated from that work dynamic of going in like, and I, this is a weird thing, but like, this is especially true at some of the last jobs I worked at. You go in and it's the same repetitious beats. You walk the same yeah. way in, you see the same people, you say the same salutations. And there's like a weird rut, like comfort zone that a lot of my coworkers would be in. Like, and um, like I always used to pass this guy that would go, "Hey, there he is." <laughs> and after like the ninety seventh time of hearing that, you just, you know, you just want to be like, "Of course I'm here. I work here." <laughs> you know, and it, it's it it's one of those reasons why the movie Office Space continually becomes that much more relevant to my memory. Oh yeah. yeah. It was a masterpiece when it came out. It should have been a far bigger movie. But mm. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's like that, that can that whole dynamic can be something that like shows the 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 place that we are in like in the universe with our society in our timeline right now. Like yeah. we are in this perpetual state of like anxiety, because we force ourselves to do these repetitious things day in, day out for years on end, thinking that this is what we're supposed to do. Like we, like, we have to go to work. Mm -hmm. Like you have to get enough sleep the night before. So don't stay up too late because you'll be tired in the morning. And then when you're laying in bed and you can't go to sleep and then you're like, okay, I'm going to like, do whatever, you know, people say they used to count sheep or, you know, whatever, oh, yeah. like, you know, but then you like eventually fall asleep and then you wake up that alarm clock. You just want to like smash it with a hammer. And then you're like, okay, you know, cause after doing it for so long, you're like, man. And, and that's where I started realizing in that same aspect of like doing the same repetitive, like the repetitive actions over and over again about like getting up and going to work. Like for, for 20 years, I got up in the morning. And I had to like shower, Mm -hmm. shave, make sure my uniform looked really good for the, you know, the military aspect when I was in. But like, even when I was, uh, as a government contractor, Mm -hmm. I still had to wear decent clothes and, you know, like usually it was khaki pants, polo shirt, you know, until I got my other job that I actually liked. And I still kick myself for quitting that job. (laughs) But, uh, um, yeah, like for all this whole time, I was like, man, like, and now that I'm like retired from that life, I'm not the the contractor or military you know like i'm growing my hair long you know i may not shower every day (laughs) i definitely don't shave every day you know like it's just stretched out and i'm like this just seems more like a a a natural state like a like i'm i'm integrating back to how people were in like ancient times you know Mm -hmm. like when it was (laughs) like People like in indigenous tribes, you know, like in South America, like they're like, you know, they don't look at the clock and have an alarm clock and say, oh, we got to be out in the field. We got to like start, you know, cleaning up the forest or whatever we're doing today. And like, we got to go hunting yep. and we got to make sure we feed everybody, you know, like they're, yep. they work together and it's almost like they do it all naturally, you know, like, oh, we're get the hunting party together. And, you know, they may get up whenever in the morning and they do their natural things and they, uh. You know, I mean, who knows what they actually did or, you know, or what they do now, the people that are still in like in South America, the tribes that, that do things, but they do it with the intention of like supporting each other, like the community Mm -hmm. and like the, the world we live in isn't like that. We, everything is like the self gain, the, the, do what people expect from us, like Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, pushing ourselves into the office in the morning, you know, and like getting that cup of coffee and like, pushing out those TPS reports and, you know, doing whatever you got to do. It's like, it, it, it literally will drive everyone insane at some point, you know? And I I think that's what, you know, that's why people like look forward to retirement so much. And it's like, I'm not at the, the age yet where I need to be like fully retired. I need to be doing something, but like, I am still looking forward to being able to just not do anything, Mm -hmm. you know. And it's because of that, like twenty plus years, twenty five years of of the day in day out struggle of like trying to get somewhere that I don't even know where, you know. Like
1: that's move
0: towards those those promotions, those like you know the bigger money, the 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 more dollars an hour, the you know (laughs) move up the ladder eventually become manager. And then what do you do? You know, it's like, yeah, then you, right. get the, you get paid, you get paid an okay amount. And then you have like 10 times the responsibility because you have to make sure everybody yeah. else is doing what they're supposed to be doing. And nobody wants to be there. That's the bottom line. They're like, I I, it, <laughs> it's just crazy. It
1: doesn't take much either. I mean, like even like, I think that's one of the reasons why like, you know, in the last couple jobs that I had, you know, I there were moments of, of pure absurdity. You know, like the very first time, which it's been, it was before, much before that. But first time I ever heard the term lateral movement, which, oh, which to me yeah. is literally get the fuck out of the way <laughs> and let <laughs> us keep being a corporation. That's what lateral movement meant to me. It's just here's more responsibility, but the same pay, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. I, you know, like I can remember moments, too, when like, you know, there'd always be this drama that would, you know, surround people with like oh God, we're going to move our desks or our cubicles are being moved or people reporting each other for a cubicle looking too festive. Um, mm. Just these weird microaggressions that are also, to your point, things that I don't believe would necessarily exist except for the fact that, you know, we're sequestered into these zones. I always think about, I, I'm not joking, I literally think that the name of the place, it was in South Africa, called Fordlandia. And hmm. it was a town created by Henry Ford because he wanted rubber trees for his tires. And hmm. it's evidently an abandoned town. Um, I, it's been some years since I read the book about it. Um, but he had this entire idea. He had brought down you know, some scientists and some agriculturalists to go down there. And um, they were, he was going to build this city. And, it, you know, people down there were happy to have the jobs and have income and that sort of thing. But it goes to show yeah. what happens when two cultures rapidly, it's not even merging as much as it is a complete and total head on collision <laughs> because the people there understood the heat patterns of the day. So they would actually get up, you know, like really early and then stop through the middle part of the day and then resume work at dusk. Hmm. But yeah. to Henry Ford, he's like, no, the work hours are eight to six. It's factory mm-hmm. time, and with no no air conditioning, no nothing. You know the plant that they were having problems keeping people. The other thing too is that rubber trees suffer from a really virulent fungus, from what I understand. And if one catches it, and it, and there's one even within a hundred feet of it, it's going to get it too. Well, in his mind, he's like. I have X amount of land, so I'm going to plant everything like corn and rows. Well, inevitably, when just a few of those trees got sick, the whole crop was wasted. Oh, geez. So it was just he didn't want to listen to the people that had lived down there. He made his own assumptions and and, you know, diametric decisions based on just gut instincts and what he knew from up here. You know, and yeah, and it's crazy because that right there is one of the most ultimate metaphors for somebody with a lot of willpower and money, but no real understanding of how people work and what they do and, you know, how that affected those people. And now it's just a, a, a shell of a, of a town that's now overgrown by the jungle, you know? And, um,
0: yeah. Yeah. It's like, he took his own, like what he thought was, yeah. you know, the, the idealisms of, of what he thought, how businesses run, you know, business, the 95, the, the, you know, whatever, get in, get out, you know, and, and be most productive while you're there and then go home and, you know, you, then you can have your own time. Like, yep. and, and I've had jobs like that where like, I didn't like my own time was, was not valued. Like, so yeah. I would get like calls from a boss, like at eight or nine o'clock at night. And it was like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm I'm sitting at a bar for one thing, you know, and it's loud and he's like, What are you doing? And it's like he's judging me, you know? Yeah. Like I'm like, I'm not I don't have to be there till seven tomorrow morning. Yeah. And like I'm it's it's nine o'clock at night and I'm at the bar. Like and it's just like insane because and then like he would like um bring spring these like uh um these trips, these work trips on me oh, and God, say right. like I need you to go here. You know, like you, you need to go to Florida um, this date to this date. And then I would like, be like, Oh, okay. You know, I, I guess I need to. And then I would look at my calendar and there'd be like a, an event that I was supposed to go to oh or like a, a concert or something. Yeah. And like, I would say, Hey, I, I was, I had this concert. I've got like tickets to go to this show that, and he's like, Oh, I don't care. You know, like that's not, Oh God. Do you, do you want your job? You know, like kind of thing. And I'm like, fuck, you know, (laughs) like this is ridiculous. Like I, you, I, you could not have an outside life away from that job. And it was like, you, you just couldn't, it was like, if you weren't fully dedicated to that company and doing what he said, then you just, it just, I don't know. It was insane. And I'm like, it gave me PTSD, I think, because Mm -hmm. I like still dream about this dude. Oh yeah. Like, lately like i it's been weird because like every other night i've been having a dream several dreams in a row where this guy pops up and it's like i feel like i'm not am i not doing what i'm supposed to be doing according to like what he thinks i'm supposed to be doing or maybe i feel guilty that i'm not doing things the way that i think that he wanted me to do them or something and it's like a weird like it's a weird dynamic because i'm like i don't I'm a grown ass man. I don't have to like, <laughs> he's not like, I haven't worked for him in over 15 years, you know? So yeah. like, why am I, why is this coming up now? You know, like, it's just, it's really weird. And, and it's like that whole thing about the society where we have to like force ourselves to get up and go to a job that we don't like, you know, it's, it makes me think of fight club, you know, where I'm like, <laughs> you just want to do this stuff. like <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Yeah. To buy shit that you don't need. You know? <laughs> no. Well, the thing is, you know, like with that, I, I I can I can completely relate because um and this is even something that I ended up talking about with my therapist, the the one pre like so I've been through three therapists since I've been going to this mental health place. The second one <laughs> was the one that I was really making some inroads in, and we had managed like the worst part about and although there's a lot of good things about mental health, the worst part is really doing that underlying digging you know, like in the shit that you really don't want to talk about. Like if, if, if my life was a building, I'm down here, like blowing out, like the bottom supports, you know, and (laughs) shit's going to fall down. And unfortunately that's other stuff you have to deal with. Well, in that, in that factor, you know, I, cause there's a lot of times that I have self doubt or, you know, imposter syndrome or whatever the case is. Right. And, um, and we were able to unpack that, you know, like I, I had worked for this one woman who, For a long time, she was just one of my colleagues at work, and then through some tumultuous moving around and a lot of ass-kissing, she ended up becoming my manager. And She was one of those types of people that like, I did not realize how much it completely and totally irrevocably just damaged my uh, willpower and my ego, because I believe everybody Mm -hmm. should have a little bit of ego so that you can progress and believe in yourself. A little bit of ego is a good thing. I had none. This woman actually at one point in time, um, I remember, I don't even remember the job, but I remember there was something I had to get done. And I was like, oh yeah, well I went ahead and did that. And I remember she kind of cut me. I was just like, no, you didn't. And I, I was so, I was like, wait, what? And, what? and I was kind of caught Gaslighting up. me? Yeah, and it was. <laughs> I didn't even know like at that point what that was, but that's how she would handle people. Was, mm. you know, no, you didn't, you really didn't do that. Or no, you don't think that way. And, <laughs> It's like don't it it, it, got, it just got me, dude because I, and I remember too, like I had to make at that very moment, it's like almost this moment where time stands still, and I remembered another dude having gone through this now this had backed it up even almost like a decade prior. I was working a little boutique design place, and um we were in a meeting with a bunch of architects. It was an older guy that owned the company and his two younger architects that were maybe in their thirties, and we were talking about their business card. And I'll never forget he's holding up the business card and he's like, you know, I like to design on everything else like that. And he goes, uh, but why is the back blank? And at that point in time, like it costs money to print on both sides. Now it doesn't. Yeah. You know, same price. Um, but we said, Well, you know, we we just wanted to, you know, leave it blank because some, you know, uh, and we pointed to the other guy, he said, you know, he makes he makes notes on the back sometimes about a client or leaves a special message or something like that on there. And uh and, and that guy quickly jumped and goes, Yeah, you know, I like to write on the back. You know, of it and everything else like that, and the boss literally looked at him. And goes, no, you don't. And <laughs> it's like the most awkward silence, and he's like, "No, no, I do. I, I write." He goes, "No, you don't," and he just like three or four times in a row just kept doing. It. And I remember the guy, the other artist, the other designer. I was sitting in there with Rick. Later, after the meeting, he was like, "What the fuck was that, man?" Because it made. It was just one of those things like, you know, you say something and then, you know, like, you know, hey, uh, I, I like orange juice. And somebody comes up and goes, no, you don't. And you're like, you're right. I'm an idiot. Why did I say that? I have no opinion. You know, like, like, oh, and that's exactly what came back at that moment was that, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm like, woman, what are you telling me? Like, but that was the beginning of it. And she was my manager for six months. And over the course of that six months, it was one day. And this is when I knew, like, when you were talking about the PTSD, I agree. Yeah. Because at one point, and I, I this is a horribly disgusting story, but I'll, I'll, I'll kind of keep it light. Um, At one point in time, I was at my wit's end. And she was one of those managers like to kind of hover around in the cubicle and watch what you were doing. Personality-wise, um, there's a character in Harry Potter. I cannot remember her name, but she wore all pink. And, um, mm. she, she like tortured the students. She's just horrible, but sickly saccharine sweet. Okay. And, um, and I, I later made that connection that I was like, oh my God, that Harry Potter character is exactly her, but she would be one of those women that would basically are just one of those people. Cause men can be this way too. So passive aggressive. So just, you know, would would just undercut you at every, at any point, just to make you feel bad about yourself. So you were kind of broken in spirit. And she believed in divide and conquer. So she kept all of us kind of at each other's throats. Well, one day, you know, I, I was really upset and I was just in a bad mood about some other stuff. And she was criticizing me on my workflow, on some other things like that. And I was really, I didn't realize I was heading straight into, you know, clinical depression at that point. But instead of like really kind of reaching out and going, Hey, is everything okay? She's just saying, here's what i you're doing wrong. You need to do better. All these other things because, you know, it could cost you your job. I am your boss. And for the first time in my life, I had a pain in my chest. I'm like, oh, shit, am I having a heart attack? And But it, then it kind of sank into my stomach, and I started feeling really nauseous. And I went and spoke to this is what's really fucked up. Our, my former manager was still in the group, but she had been not demoted but kind of moved over some other people. But I went and talked to this other lady, Kelly, and I was like, can I talk to you for a bit? I know you're not my manager, but I need to talk to you for a bit. And I explained everything that was going on and what I was feeling. She's like, you're having an anxiety attack. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't get anxious. And she was like, no, this is what's happening. She's like, I know because I've gone through that. She's like, why don't you do this? Go ahead and take the rest of the day off and I'll, I'll cover for you. But you're going to have to get home soon. She's like, Is your stomach feeling really messed up. I'm like, yeah, it is. She must've known what she was talking about, dude, because I drove home and like halfway home. I'm like, Oh, I don't feel well. Uh. And when I got home, I got so violently sick. It wasn't funny. Like it was horrifying. And it was, I was shaking. I was like, it was like, I don't think I've been physically, I don't ever think I've been in a physical altercation that did more damage to me compared to this. Cause it was internal. Yeah, It was weird. You know?
0: Oh, I, I definitely know, man. I've, I've been there like that is, it is not, it's not fun, no, no and it, it is and that's something that people need to be aware of um, man, that sucks though that it it kind of like it brings me back to some of the events that happened to me um wow, <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of like at a loss for words because yeah. like i i I understand that, like, and it's just uh um I'm starting to hear kind of an echo, I think I, I don't know if it's coming from your end or mm. It's kind of weird, but like, uh, that sick feeling and that, like, like you said, when you're like, you're feeling it kind of in your chest and it's like, your your chest is like tightening up and you're like, and yeah, yeah, it's, it's like a, that whole anxiety thing and like panic attacks and things like that. Like I didn't know anything about that stuff like a long time ago, you know, and like when it when it first hits you, you're like, it throws you off. You're like, holy shit. Like, you know, yeah. you'd rather be in, like you said, like a physical altercation. You'd rather like someone come up to you and start shit with you oh, yeah. in the middle of the street, Yeah, you know, because at least you kind of know what you're dealing with. Cause it's, a, it's outside entity, right. you know, there's a force that is, you know, you're having to deal with Yeah, and like, but when it's your own mind, but like, it, it's really not just an internal thing it's a you know because it stems from the you know like the manager that was telling you all these things and it's like that stuff builds up over time and then that's what causes that eventually like it's like a you know it's like a a pressure valve that gets like you know flipped you know or it's like or it's not like it's just all this pressure is building up and then eventually it can't take it anymore you know whatever's holding the pressure back it just can't take it so it blows off and it like releases the steam you know but it's like sometimes it's in a crazy like violent like uh physical reaction you know yeah and and it's it's crazy and 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 that's why i'm glad like mental health stuff is uh is being dealt with a lot better nowadays it still can be even better but at least it's it's being talked about uh, a lot more there's not that uh I mean, there's still a stigma, you know, because people like in the workplace are like, you know, just do what you got to do. Oh, yeah. Color in the lines, like shut up and color, you know, yep. do what you got to do to get through the day, you know, but like uh, you got to like take a break. And I think I I just saw in the news today that people are doing these things and it kind of sounded funny because they're doing the. um. Oh, crap. What was it called? <laughs> I just totally lost my train of thought. The. uh yeah they're doing these camps. Like the, it's a camp that gives you a um, like where you go and you can like sit and like meditate or do yoga oh, yeah. or, or things like that. And it's like a, like a, like you can get, go there and just like kind of decompress, but like the name of it is what threw me off. And I, and it was pretty funny. Um, I wish I could remember now. <laughs> Dang it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: It was like, it was like you go to this camp and like they, the way that it sounded was like they you go there to like get yourself stressed out or something. But I'm like, that's not what it
1: was. <laughs> like, this would be the last kind of <laughs> camp I'd want to go to, it's like <laughs> drama camp or something like that. No <laughs> drama. I've already got enough of that. I, you know, I it's really weird too, um On that same note, and man, honestly, I could probably tell stories uh, for anyone that's watching this that you already hears it or anything else like that later. That most people that would, would probably know I'm always talking about a Hallmark on this. It does it does expedite into other jobs. But <laughs> there was one time where um, the, we had a really good um, group manager. She was way higher up. Um, this lady's name was Danielle. She was excellent. And she got this idea. She's like, you know what I want to do? I want to send everyone to those rooms where you get locked in. You have to solve puzzles to get out, right? Mm. In theory, those are kind of cool and i was super excited i'd never been to one so i was like awesome and i and i went <laughs> with one of my co-workers Lonnie. Uh, she was the only person i enjoyed being in there with because everybody else turned into assholes like i couldn't <laughs> get over how competitive it got there was there, it was crazy too because like like there was one guy that it, it it just goes to show like how wild that whole corporate mentality can be. We got in there, everyone's gung ho. Everyone's like, "Yeah, let's do this," you know. And I'm like, "I'm just here to have fun. I just I want to see what this is about." I didn't really care. It's not like I'm getting graded for it or it's going to give me a raise or anything. But there was something, uh, you know, about everyone wanting to take charge, nobody wanting to work as a team, which was the antithesis of the reason of why we were there. But this was a team building exercise, you know. And instead, we all ended up building walls around each other like it was ridiculous (laughs) and i will never forget this and i don't know why this sticks in my head but at one point in time there was a remote control tank like a little like just rc tank with a with pretty you know simplistic two access sort of little driving thing well, there was a gla- a bit of glass, and the tank was down at the bottom of, like, this 10-foot thing. You had to drive the tank into this one thing to expose letters in a particular pattern to solve a clue elsewhere. There was one guy in the group, and uh, aside from me, everybody else was, was, were ladies, but this guy refused to let anyone else drive that tank. That, that was his thing. He designated himself Tank Master. And <laughs> he just i remember <laughs> the futility the anger and the more purple that man got as he lay on that floor staring like his eyes might as well have been knives into this little tank down there like this son of a bitch does a, this things a piece of shit i bet it was made in china He just like mumbling to himself the whole time and we're like you know what we're, we're just gonna let gi joke over here fuck around like like we'll fix everything else we'll do all the rest <laughs> of things and he never he got so frustrated we ended up failing the whole thing like nobody completed anything we got out and nobody wanted to pose for that picture where you're holding up the logo or anything because we we lost i mean we didn't lose you know like in like by a small amount like we solved none of the seven puzzles in there not one puzzle got solved <laughs> oh, but the crazy part was two weeks later he's talking to my boss who had, who had sent us out there and she was like, oh, hey, Mario, what did you think of it? And before I said anything, the guy was like, oh, it's the greatest day ever, man. We built a team out there. It was just great. And everything else that I was like, I'll, and all I could think of was about that when he was saying that was like, you don't even know my name. You know, you were so mad at the <laughs> tank and we all had name badges on. I guarantee you, you have no idea who I am. But he wanted to save face in front of Danielle, the boss. Uh. And but I was like dude you were literally on the floor like a petulant 3-year-old screaming at a tank through plexiglass like it was I can't even make that up it was it just now that I say it it just sounds so surreal and th- it's moments like that and things like that that made me realize like there's got to be more to life than that there really is more
0: more to life than than the team building exercises
1: of, god yeah dude <laughs> of it was corporation just- <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think that's one of the reasons why, like, so much of that stuff was just absurd to me, and and it does make me. Thankfully, I've worked with a lot of different people, a lot of guys that were older than me, and stuff like that. At different jobs I've had over the years, and it always ends up coming back to this reoccurring theme of, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to ever work a job where you're making a lot of money. That's not the point of life. The point of life is to be happy. You know, to find, to find those things that make you want to get up in the morning, want to create, want to just do a normal nine to five job, you know, and don't sweat the small stuff. But, you know, you look at even, and unfortunately you look at the kids that are younger than us, like the millennials. And, um, there's one guy that I follow and he's like the biggest problem right now for me is this. I have no idea what the future holds and every fucking hobby I have, I have to try and figure out how to monetize so that I can just bring in some money for groceries. Hmm. I'd never even thought about it, you know? But I wouldn't yeah. want to be 21 now. Now, no, no, no freaking way. Um,
0: no, that that would be crazy. Like, I can't even imagine okay. like, I don't know. It's, they They have like a I think I saw like, um, um, what was it? It might've been a story. It might've been a, it was a story on like Facebook that I like scrolled by and it was like, a, I think it was Will Wheaton, um, you know, Wesley, Wesley, Crusher on Star Trek, the next generation. Yep. You know, I follow him. He's, he's a pretty cool guy because he's yeah. like, he's in that age range where like, he's a, he's a millennial, but like barely, you know, like, <laughs> and, and, and I, I, I like, you know, I kind of did the Sheldon thing where I was like, I looked up to him when I was a kid, you know, yep. and I was like, man, I can't believe this guy's like so smart, you know, and like doing <laughs> all this stuff on the, you know, saving all their lives on the ship and everything yep. you know, on the Enterprise, and uh, you know, so it was crazy. So now I follow him, and I and it turns out that like, I mean, over the years I've known this, but you know, he's he's just a regular dude, you know, like a a big geek, you know, yep. that is into this stuff. But he posted this thing about, um about boomers and he said, and, and, and it had to do with the, the aspect of like, um, the Gen X people grew up raised by the boomers mm-hmm. that, um, taught them how to do everything in life. Like, you know, how to go buy groceries, how to, yep. you know, tie your shoes, how to like fix your car if it breaks down or change a tire or, Or whatever, you know, and it said that like most of the millennials um, nowadays, like they, um, depending on what age range, like they, they don't have that DIY kind of mindset. So they have, they're like stuck in this er air, like in this area where they feel like they don't know how to do anything because they were never taught, but Mm -hmm. they're expected to do Everything because they're young and smart and they have everything at their fingertips kind of thing like and and that kind of like and he did make sure he he made sure to say that it's not all boomers, you know, like hashtag not all boomers kind of thing, you know, because even though I'm Gen X, technically I was raised like a boomer because of the way that I was raised because I was the youngest child out of seven and my parents were way older they did. They weren't boomers. Actually, they were. They were born in the silent generation, which was before boomers. Jeez. And so, okay. they they were really old when they had me. Yeah, and I was the last of seven kids. So, so my older brothers and sisters are boomers. You that's know, and incredible. that's like real Like, like technically, they are boomers, and like their kids that they had later are like Gen X and stuff. Like, wow. just like me. Like my my nieces and nephews are Gen X just like i'm gen x Mm -hmm. so that's kind of like a weird thing like you know i have a a niece that is or i have i have like two nephews and a niece that are like two years younger than me wow like and it's like it's crazy you know so to be in that dynamic like and, and especially because like when i grew up like being the last out of seven and and back then it was like a there was a lot of issues in the in the in the Uh, My parents had a lot lot of, a lot of issues in the sixties and seventies. And most of my brothers and sisters actually grew up in foster homes. So I was the only kid after I was born, I was born in 76 um, that was raised at home full time. Wow. Like I remember periods of times when I was growing up that I didn't know who these people were. They were my brothers and, and sister. And like, they would like show up and i am like, who are these people? You know, yeah. like when I was like four or five and then like they started coming over more often um, and eventually got out of their foster homes as they got old enough to not live there anymore um, or started graduating high school or actually I don't think any of them graduate high school, but they like, they ditched and like they came and stayed with their mom and dad again. Yeah. Cause they had nowhere else to go. But, uh, those guys grew up more like boomers than I did. And I grew or I grew up, They grew up like, uh, yeah, they like were boomers. And then I grew up more like a boomer in that mindset of like, you know, the whole work for a living, you know, like work your ass off and save up and, you know, do whatever. But my parents were never very financially stable or anything anyway. They were like, it was crazy. We were like on poverty lines most of the time, but like Mm -hmm. uh, it, it was insanity. So like when I hear people talk about the difference between, like boomers and, and Gen X and, and millennials and, and whatever's after that. I don't, I can't even keep yeah. up, but like, uh, I, I don't even know because I don't know who I am or where, you know, like what I am supposed to be. And it's like, you know, everybody's just an individual and mm-hmm. we grow up in the weird, everybody's situation is way different. So like we grow up in these weird, like either very nice you know, good situations where we learn a lot and have lots of friends and succeed and, and do whatever and get an education. And then like other people like grow up in like, on like skid row, you know, like, and don't have like <laughs> jack shit and they turn out to be like,
1: <laughs> yeah. You know? No.
0: So it's, it's just, it's crazy. You know, like I, and that's what like uh Will Wheaton was saying about like, there's these, you know, the, the millennials you, you expect people expect them to be like uh you know, super smart and doing all these crazy smart things. Cause they've had like all these previous generations to learn from. And it's like, um, you, you can't, we can't go down that road. We right. can't like expect anything. We have to lead by example and, and teach and, and be, um, be there for each other, no matter what age we are. We have to like, I learned tons of stuff from my own kids, you know, mm-hmm. like, they're teaching me stuff all the time. So it's like, I can't like discount their knowledge, you know?
1: Absolutely. Because
0: they, we, we are all separate individuals and we all like hear things or read things that the other people haven't. Yep. So that's just more information. Um, That's more uh input or, or data. Like we just watched short circuit, short circuit two, one and two, mm-hmm. like, the other day. So like Johnny five is like all about the
1: input, you know, <laughs> input. <laughs> but like, it's true. Though. You're <laughs> absolutely right. Well, and, you know, to that very point. Um, yeah. There, you know, it's, I'm, I'm totally blown away by like, you know, the difference that you had generationally, even with, with your, with your siblings. Um, my parents very much, especially my father more because you know, my dad was in the military for 28 and a half years. That's all I ever knew, you know, like like the military. And I think I think it was 16 or 17 whenever he finally retired. So, you know, that's all we knew. But it was also the thing that like a lot of the guys he worked with when he was working in CE and all this other stuff were very much like him. And the only guys that he would ever be around were other fellow, you know, like at that, at that time when I have a distinct memory of this was when he was a master sergeant and a lot of those guys kind of were the same age, same sort of beliefs. And it was very much an ideology of like, you know, if you, if you apply yourself, if if you march into that manager's office, you know, you'll get a job, that kind of a thing. And, um, <laughs> my dad would kill me if I ever knew I was telling the story, but the, the most, the most boomer story about my father that I can tell He'll deny this, but this is God honest truth because it happened to my brother. (laughs) My brother had just gotten hired at at Walmart, and I think he had been a back stalker or an overnight stalker for the better part of a week, right? My father has this um, peculiar thing he does where once he's established a set fact within his own mindset, of whatever it is, it doesn't matter. That is the gospel truth, Okay. Because he knows it to be, not because there's any scientific data, it's just it's a gut reaction or a, a deep-seated feeling, so my father adheres to that. Well, he had worked for a while at Stahl specialty company, and I guess when you went in, like, he used to work the overnight shift, so if you went in on a Wednesday but got off on a Thursday, they call that your Thursday shift. I don't know why, hmm. because I would assume that it would be your Wednesday shift, because you start on Wednesday. Well, that's how they did it at Walmart. But I'll never forget. I wasn't home. I came home and my dad, my dad had left and my brother's looking completely distraught. My mom is like, oh my God, I don't know what he's thinking. They got in an argument before I got home and my brother had said, yeah, I I go in, uh, I go on my, my Wednesday shift is on Wednesday from nine until like 4am on Thursday. And my, my dad was like, well, that's your Thursday shift. He's like, no, no, I, dad, I, I, I go on on Wednesday. And uh, <laughs> went back and forth to the point where my dad got <laughs> mad. Now, this was, from what I understand, yeah, it was on a Wednesday. It was Wednesday during the day. So my brother was just saying, hey, I'm going to be out tonight. I'm going to be at my job. And uh, those were famous last words because my dad got so upset that he went to Walmart. and. Wow. You can't stop a boomer. They're like a train. (laughs) My man, my father walked to the back of the store like he owned the place, went back there and then (laughs) asked who the manager of his son. He said, my brother's name, (laughs) everything else like that. (laughs) And this is the other thing, too. Like, there's so many, so many layers to this delicious cake of stupid stupidity because He finds the guy like and granted, nobody's called security. No, like everyone's just like, who is this guy? You know, he goes back there and he tells the guy under no certain terms, you know. You know, you don't know me, but when my dad gets really upset, he announces his his rank that he retired at. Hmm. And then I'm like, don't do that. Nobody cares, dad. Like they (laughs) they just don't, you know, (laughs) but he said it. And he said, and just to let you guys know, you guys had hired me because I had like, you know, he, my dad had actually gotten hired at Walmart. But then he got a better offer at another place. And the day he was supposed to show up, he didn't call up. He just didn't show up. Uh. So he proceeds to remind these people of this. They have no idea what's going on and proceeds to dress this guy down and say, you're misinforming all of your your workers. If you go to work on a Wednesday. And you get off on a Thursday. That's your Thursday shift. And I guess he was there for 20 minutes yelling at this guy. And then left. And by the time he got home, my brother had been fired. It was like. And that and and that sort of duress and stress is what we dealt with for a long time. I mean, this almost sounds like a like a therapy session because I'm like, my father did this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it. i laugh at it now and even my brother's like sometimes you have to bow to the absurd yeah because but that but to your point about like how you know there's an expectation there my father's like you go in and you tell that guy that i'm like no i'm not gonna do right. that <laughs> no <laughs> i don't feel like getting escorted off of a campus by police <laughs> like <laughs> there's there's nowhere in the world i can think of now where i would be welcomed if i went and i was like i'm gonna give you a piece of my mind Dude, the litigation right. that would hit me, like, yeah, yeah.
0: You know, the the people that are are famous now are getting are going viral for for you know telling it like it is or however they think it is. You know, those are like the Karens and stuff now. You know, Woo! like they just get everybody laughs at them because they think what they're doing is doing what you like. What you said, like what your dad did, yeah. is like you just got to go in there and give them peace of your mind, you know, and it's like uh that doesn't work because your shit will get called out oh, in yeah. a, in a millisecond yeah. because everyone realizes how ridiculous that is nowadays. It's yeah. like back then, you know, in, in the 50s and 60s, you could get away with it. Oh yeah. You know, like or even up to like as late as the 90s, you know, yeah. like some people still, you know, and and now the thing is is like people I would say mostly like older white men mm-hmm. will go into places like businesses, like where my wife works and demand that they, you know, get service or they oh, yeah. know what they what everything is, you know, like they're like telling them what their job is. And it's like, yep. no, like you don't, that's, and, and they just don't get it, you know, yep. and they're, they're not going to get it uh, until someone, the, the only way, that my wife ends up dealing with it is that uh, the, the guy that works there, the, the man that works there, the mechanic will have to end up talking to that older white guy yeah. and and say, this is what's going on. This is what's going on and this is what we need to fix or whatever. And then, like, you know, but it's it's hell, you know, yeah. for for the women that work there that have to deal with these old guys that think that they know everything. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's complete bullshit. You know, it's like, you shouldn't have to deal with that. Absolutely. Like,
1: well, and it, you know, like <laughs> it, it even seems like it's not even cause in, in the experience that I've seen before, and I don't know where this comes from for what it's worth predicating this. Most of the bosses and people I've worked for that I really respected were women because I understood what they had to go through to get there. I have truly worked for some douchebag dudes, you know, like really screwball guys. I've had a few bosses that were guys that were awesome. Very few though. And I think that what happens in those circumstances is that you have guys that are like almost offended that a woman is telling him, well, here's what's wrong with the car. Here's what, here's what's happening and this sort of thing. Like, they are like, no, let me, let me talk to another pair of testicles. I got to know, you know, like, right. (laughs) Really? Dude, come on. I just, there's a weird bit of misogyny and just oddness that happens with that. And and I've seen it happen before to where, you know, and I don't understand that. I I know that at least for myself, because I had really caring, even teachers, the majority of my teachers have been, had been women. And, you know, I got to know, I'm like, well, God, you know, you've got patience, you're understanding and you're, you're teaching me about algebra or geography or whatever. And I'll never forget the difference that would happen between that, because, um, when I, back whenever I learned basic, (laughs) I think it was like my (laughs) sophomore year in high school. Um, I remember we had a really cool computer teacher and she knew her, her, she knew her shit really well. Um, basic was like nothing, you know, she knew it, but she had a background in older programming languages and stuff like that. Um, but she loved basic and she loved teaching people and, when she got sick, she was out for two weeks, and we got a substitute teacher. That was—he looked just like um, Ah Jesus. You know the movie Falling Down. Yeah, yeah. Um, With uh, um its not Kurt Russell. It's uh,
0: no, it's uh, crap. <laughs> um, yeah, like the 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 one guy that's uh, in the. Uh,
1: Why am I not thinking his name?
0: Not. Stuart, no, no,
1: um, God, what is his name? Well, at any rate, um, looked just like him and had like no sense of humor, had a very dry, it, it was the very first human I ever met that I'm like, wow, you're a Douglas, yeah, Michael Douglas, Michael Douglas. <laughs> Thank you. I, lo- I love that film too. It's just, um, oh, yeah, I couldn't remember his name.
0: I need to show that to my kids, yeah, seriously, like that's like something that. I mean, that shows like, yeah. <laughs> I've almost been there yeah. <laughs> to that point yeah. where like, you know.
1: Yeah. I well, I mean, I, oh, my, oh my God, dude, we should, we should do an entire thing that deconstructs movies like that, that kind of reflect upon society. Cause that's definitely one of them. Um, but the, so this guy looked just like him and just had this really gruff, angry demeanor about things. And we weren't allowed to really talk in class. And I realized how different, you know, the, the, aspects were because on her part she was like she would kind of joke and kind of make some and make computers fun for us right especially the fledgling people getting in there and by the time this guy was done after the two weeks of absence there were people that really wanted out of that class because he he didn't care like the the girls in the class he was like yeah it's a good thing you're in here because chances are you're going to end up as secretaries Hmm. you know and And this was the 90s, dude. So, like, nobody called him out. There was no social movement. There was no Me Too. There was nothing. Right. Which was horrifying because this guy. So, yeah, I get it. Those kind of, you know, the sort of individuals. I don't understand what their motives are in life. Like, why be that angry about things? You know? Right.
0: Yeah. Like, what is really, like like who hurt you, you know, like maybe you should like go to therapy, talk about what you're, (laughs) and then even if you suggest those things, they're just going to be like, Oh, what the,
1: Oh yeah. What do you don't, you don't
0: know anything. You know, let me, let me tell you about back in my day.
1: (laughs) 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 Those, those are the things that I never understood. It's like, well, you know what though? And, and this is, Talk about politically incorrect, like growing up, never mind culturally, but growing up, there was no such thing as mental health, you know, for me and my, like, you just didn't talk about that. It just wasn't a thing. And
0: that's almost becoming a theme in the show, because I've mentioned that like several times in the past several episodes is like when, when you and I were, were kids, like we didn't hear about mental health awareness or anything. Uh It was non-existent, you know, like. And it, it has to be existent now because of all the craziness that's going on. Oh, yeah. You know, it's becoming more and more blatantly obvious that we all suffer from something, you know, like everyone is having issues, yep.
1: you know. But yeah, go on. No, I was going to, well, and I was just going to say, like, I mean, it's, it's, no matter what, it's probably been something that's been prevalent over the years, but, you know, they would just put you away in a sanitarium or something like that um, or, yeah. or lobotomize you, like, like, you know the kennedys did to that one daughter rose um oh, i mean she was on the autistic spectrum from what i understand the best that they were able to yeah. figure that out and they had her lobotomized Wow. yeah um and for like and I, this is something like it, it sounds like i'm kind of shitting on my father but he used to say things that i'm like oh my god this is definitely something that affected me my dad always said you know growing up we didn't have um, we didn't have, you know, people that were emotionally unstable, or and I, I hate using this word, but and I'm going to quote him directly, or retard[s]. And I was like, and you hear that as a kid, and, right. and that becomes normalized, right? Yeah. And I still definitely. cringe about it. And I remember my dad said, "We didn't have that. We just had stupid kids, and those stupid kids were always in the room by the boiler." And you grow up <laughs> hearing that. I mean, that's like the most horrid, backwards thinking you know yeah but that's the reality my father knew and i will never forget one day they were having an open house and for some this this was in Ottawa Kansas my dad went to school in Ottawa Kansas they had an open uh an open house for the school so my dad decided to be a good good idea to take me my brother and my sister to go see his old his old school and um they that school was so old man that you could still see the segregated water fountains. Oh man. And he showed us the classroom that was by the boiler room. It was really, yes. Like he wasn't making it up. I was like, this is why you think this way. I can't even really be that angry because this was a reality. And it actually said special education. And th- oh, it wow. was, there was no windows. It was painted this like, horrid like aqua seafoam shame green it, it was, just, it was just terrible and i thought yeah this is fucking horrible in here you walked in and it just you were hit with this wall of heat and like abject uh. depression like that's all that lingered in the air in that room and he was just he was so happy i mean the lockers were still the same nothing had changed since like 1942 or whatever like it's <laughs> the same and um and I realized too that like you know not unlike to bring it even full circle when you work in certain jobs that have these environments that that castigate and end up reinforming and remolding you 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 do end up bringing that with you and that's why I think that there's those um leftover residual factors that we go ah because there's certain you know things we'll hear or, or you know, somebody say or something and it reminds you of a terrible manager or a bad job well with my father it was just a school that had basically that's how they treated people you know never mind the segregation factor but also oh is your kid stupid well he goes to this classroom over here you know man yeah man that's crazy and it,
0: hey we need to take a break oh, yeah. real quick so yeah. we're gonna we're gonna everybody out there listening we're gonna, we're gonna be right back and we're gonna finish up uh this conversation well, I want to go deeper into this stuff because I think uh we're hitting on some good notes here Terrible. so uh everyone's in there we'll be right back. Okay, everybody, and thanks for hanging with us. Um, we had a bit of a, a longer intro there. Like sometimes we take breaks, but I told you guys in the last couple episodes that I'm not going to stick to some any like kind of weird. Um, I don't know, like platform type of schedule. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> so I'm back with Mario. We were just talking a bit on break and uh, um, going over a few things. And I wanted to continue. Where do we leave off? (laughs) Now I'm trying to remember because we, we got off on a tangent there while we were, uh, we were talking about boomers and all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah.
1: I think we ended up leaving off right where um, we were talking about like, you know, the, well, we had segued back and almost come full circle back into talking about how, you know, the workplaces almost seem self-engineered to, to make people, you know, to, to, Recast people, reform them, and um, you know, and affect how you interact with people and stuff. Um, I know there's this. So, I, I was going to bring this up before. Have and I want, and I cannot remember. Oh, that's what it is. Have you ever heard of the term luminal spaces?
0: Luminal spaces. Yes, um, I've heard of both of those words. Okay,
1: but <laughs> so I originally I had an idea. Um, and and I knew that there was a term for this. So essentially what it is, is um, I I guess a great amount of um, modern workplaces inhabit this, but luminal spaces also mean things like, um, you know, like let's say you're going to, you're going to, to to see a doctor and you're in the waiting room and maybe the waiting room has a semi homing homely feel to it, but it's also very um, clean and, antiseptic and just, you know, almost sterile. And, okay. uh, they, and I had to look it up, but evidently that's called a, a liminal or a luminal space. And it's basically a space that grants a certain amount of unease to people. And they've come into prevalence more because people that have recollections of places they've worked before will often get triggered by that. Maybe when they're waiting in a lobby for a, an interview or waiting for a doctor's appointment, or, you know, they're walking up a stairwell. And the reason is, is because it's supposed to be something that is catered to and designed by and made for human interaction and usage, but it doesn't necessarily belong to anyone. And the creepy factor, the unsettling factor is, you know, the same bench, the same chair has been used by hundreds of people in a waiting room. Yeah. And they're only there for a few minutes to go in. Well there was a whole mental health study done on how this affected people and how we actually have liminal spaces within our lives that we try and avoid because Mm, it's these spots in our lives where whether it was a previous job or somebody we knew or whatever that created this aggregate that um gives us a sense of unease and we try to hide those things and it's kind of you know, or at least bury them or forget they're there. And this kind of goes back into what I was talking about earlier. When you start to excavate, you know, the supports from underneath, you know, to understand, you know, yeah, yeah. the root of it. Well, you end up encountering those spaces along the way. Like, you know, I know a big one for one for one whole year. I was unemployed and that sort of space actually became my living room because I didn't go anywhere. I was in depression and it was a very weird time for me. Um, and I've always, and after that, I became fascinated with it. Like, well, why do we, why do we do that? Why do we have these places? It it was, it's kind of an offshoot, but it was something that I, uh, I wondered because anytime I go in anywhere now, it reminds me like if I go to a doctor or I go to another business or I work on site somewhere, there's these triggers for lack of a better term that remind me of other times. And they're not always positive times. And then I end up finding myself having to deal with those things all over again, which is weird. Wow, You know?
0: Yeah, that is it. I mean, it, it probably sounds weird to think of it, but like, or to say it. Yeah. And then when you first think of it, and then when you actually sit there and kind of digest it, you're like, that makes perfect sense though. Like it's like, we do like create these spaces and those, those are like those places exist. And, and kind of like when I, we were talking about earlier, when I had like, I've been having dreams about that old boss of mine, Yeah, you know, like the the, those things are like triggers, but like, it's kind of like a thing where, like I couldn't wait to not work for that guy anymore. Yeah. So I changed my whole environment. Like I ended up taking another job within the company so that I would have a different boss, like a different manager to report oh, to. Wow, yeah. And then I also switched from being fully company uh, to going into part of the union. So like, once I became unionized or indoctrinated, like I was one of the boys, you know, (laughs) I was like one of the team, you know, and, and everybody was like, cool. And everybody was like, Hey, you know, you can, and and I felt so I was able to, uh, and I told you before, like that part of the episode got cut off on, on episode four, when you were on here, when we were, uh, talking about how I got my name wormhole. Oh, that's
1: right. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: It was because I was working, I had moved from working from that shitty boss that I have nightmares about now and to working and becoming a union guy and and I was in that meeting and and this guy was up there talking about it was like a some kind of performance work uh what was it called? It was called HPWO, like High Performance Working Organization. And it was kind of like a 5S kind of thing, like where you got to, you know, taken from like the Japanese where they like can make companies and, and, and manufacturing places like more... Um, uh, what is it? Like they, they make them more productive. Like, oh, and, and yeah. they also like, like, so like, instead of, you know, you think about your environment where you're working nonstop every day and you like make things easier to get to, yep. like if you need a tool for something or whatever. And that's kind of like what my company was, was bringing on board was even though it didn't really work for us. Cause we weren't in a manufacturing company. We weren't mm-hmm. in a factory, you know, we were in like a, like an airplane hangar, And we had a bunch of airplanes like these jets that we were modifying and doing different flight tests on. And every airplane had its own stage of the process. So it's not like we were on an assembly line, right. like doing things nonstop that were coming across us and, you know, in front of us and we had to, you know, let's put our tools next to us so we don't have to walk 12 feet to get something <laughs> and then walk back, you know, like it was the the whole five S thing or, or there's different names for it, but Like in our meeting that we had, um, we were going over some of the things we could do to make our working environment better. And then this guy up there, uh, was like, and, and everybody was so chill. This is how chill we were. I was sitting in the back of the room. It was like our break room and there was a bunch of long tables and, and chairs and people would have snacks and whatever. Mm -hmm. And there was a TV on the wall and I was sitting in the back of the room and I had my feet up on the table which I know that's kind of rude anyway, but like (laughs) I was just chilling and I was leaning way back in, in the chair and he, and the, the leader of the, our, our group that was giving the, I don't know. I don't even know what he was talking about, but he was up there talking about things that we could do better. And he, he was kind of ridiculous anyway. And he said, um, every like, every two seconds, let's do this. Um, and then we'll, um, Um. you know, And I was like sitting back in my chair and I was leaning way far back. But the thing that caught me off guard was he was up there and he was like, we're all doing this work and we're all doing these things. And we wish we had this stuff where we need it, but we don't just like, we can't just open up some kind of wormhole and go to wherever we need to go to get these things immediately. And I fell out of my chair (laughs) when he said wormhole and, uh, everybody turned and looked at me and and I was just like, what did he say? Because of me and my, my, uh, you know, my past of, of my, I don't know just, I'm really into wormholes, you know, like, and him out of nowhere said that, and it just threw me (laughs) off. And then everybody from that day on started calling me wormhole. So like, I would show up to work some days, because I work night shift. So I'd show up in the late afternoon, and I would walk through the door, start walking across the hangar deck, you know, and I would hear, hey, wormhole, what's up, buddy? You know, (laughs) so they all started calling me wormhole after that, like, and that's how I got the nickname. And it was just, crazy but i don't know that i wanted to bring that back up because it was cool that we talked about it before know, right? but we totally missed it like um and i think the 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 listeners out there may want to hear that at some point be like why does he go by wormhole <laughs> matt like what is this whole thing about you know like and it's strange people in other countries don't even really know the word wormhole like oh yeah they, yeah it, it's weird they're like i don't know i was on like a twitch stream and somebody was like wormhole what is that like wormhole Oh, yeah. Warm yeah. <laughs> They thought it was a sexual thing. I'm like, oh, I'm leaving. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh. But, uh, that's, oh, crap. Where was I going? I went off on a tangent. Um, crap. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but no, the, uh, oh, man. We, okay. See, so, so, you now this is the, this is always the thing. Like, I, I always try and keep myself away from this, but I like, I always tell myself like I should have some sort of show notes or something like that, so I can remember where I left off because I I screw up like that all the time too. Yeah.
0: Oh well. Oh well. <laughs> Just keeps it interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know. I. One of the things that we had said earlier about like the the prevalence of, you know, of mental health discussion, it is nice and it is a weird. We're living in a really weird time, you know, where, you know, I I know that like, there's always that saying where there's, you know, people you know, you'll hear in the media a lot where they're saying, you know, technology and all these other things are they're exponentially rapidly growing, you know? Yeah, um, Yeah. To utilize, and you know this better than I do. A microprocessor continually gets faster, you know, and better all the time. You wait a year, there's something blindingly faster. And, um, what I worry is that our society isn't capable of catching up as quickly. I had uh, there's a comedian that I follow. He had one video that really struck me. He was talking about the advent of social media and how since there was no, and he said, I, I hate to use the term regulation, but he said, because of the fact that social media came along and it really truly is a marketing tool that we are.
0: Sorry, Mario, you got cut off there. Um, I'm just putting this, uh, splicing this little piece in there to let everybody know that um, there was an issue with the recording, um, and I had to edit out the parts where we're talking about the recording not working and not doing what it was supposed to. So um, sorry about that, and sorry, Mario, for cutting you off. Um, And this is the rest of the conversation where apparently I start talking and forgot where we left off and I didn't let Mario continue his train of thought with that. So I do apologize. Um, everybody stay tuned. Uh, here's the rest of that conversation, uh, where it kind of starts over or something. All right. Thanks. Bye. Okay. I think it's recording.
1: Uh, It's recording (laughs) on my side.
0: Okay. Had a slight hiccup there. Um, yeah. So, um, Oh, the, the thing I wanted to mention was like the, the reason I brought up the whole wormhole thing was like, we were talking about the luminal spaces oh, yeah. and like the whole kind of like the triggers of places. I was in that zone when I got my name wormhole because I had felt uh, the, the reason it, it is kind of a profound thing that I now think of is that it's um, like, I felt more free because I was away from that boss. So I was uh-huh. in a whole new Man. kind of space, you know, And it like, but whenever I would go into the old shop where I used to work, like that was like a trigger for me because I was like, oh my God, like that boss is going to walk around the corner any minute and like start yelling about stuff that I didn't do or that I need to do or whatever. But like leaving that job and working in the new environment, like just felt so much better. Like it was just like you know, I felt free to be me. And then when I got the name wormhole, I felt like I was more accepted and more, um, just felt like I was free to be myself around these group of professional, like, you know, aircraft maintainers, you know, and engineers and stuff that were doing really good work. And it was such a different, uh, dynamic. Like there was so, it was so very different, but like whenever I go into businesses, like you said, like when you're like walking in a stairwell or, you know, you go into an elevator or you're in a waiting uh, room, Yeah, yeah. like it, it, it like triggers those kinds of things. Like yep. you're like, Oh my God, it reminds me of this time. And like, and then you just like, you may not even realize it at the moment, but something feels off mm-hmm. and you're like, this is not comfortable for me right now. <laughs> yeah. Like So yeah, the luminal spaces thing makes total sense. Like, and then we I, I lost my train of thought and like going into my story and then I'm like, Oh, it came back around. I was like, <laughs> okay. That's where I was getting with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But, uh, Oh man. And, and we're, we're running low on time here really and, hard. uh, man, this is great though. I love, <laughs> I love having you on here. Cause we're like, just get into some really deep stuff. I know, it's, dude. it's really cool. I
1: know. I know. No, I'm glad. I'm happy you had me back on here. Anytime you want me back on here, I'm down with that you know. Awesome. So that, yeah, that's no problem. That's not, I, yeah. I don't think I ever run out of things to talk to you about because I, there, it's it's always surprising to me that even though we've not led, you know, the most similar paths in life, there's experiences that you, you'll pull out that I'm like, Jesus, that's like dead on to this that I went through or something like that. And, and it, it triggers a lot of other stuff. And the good thing is I think you're like one of two people I know that are willing to be open to talking about The whole factor of mental health and and all of this sort of thing so yeah it's it's fun as hell
0: yeah and and i and i try like that's like actually i don't try (laughs) like it just (laughs) feels natural to like you know want to say what I've been through because like, you know, all this like trauma and stuff. And it's like the things like we were talking about with the boomers and, and, and the things from the old generations that didn't talk about mental health. And, you know, you had to keep everything bottled up all the time. And, you know, it just really, it's not healthy, you know? And like, those are things that have like, I didn't quite realize until like maybe the past several years and like, it just it kind of dawned on me that i'm like you know i just haven't i've been this i've been this really toxic person mm-hmm. that i see other people you know shaming or saying that like this is not how to be you know with the the toxic masculinity and and all these things and it's like opened my eyes to see that we can change yeah. you know and and we should want to change like there was like a taboo thing a long time ago where it's like people would say like why do you want to change me? Why do you, you oh, know, yeah, yeah. people like in relationships are like, you just want to change me. You don't want me to be who I really am, yeah. you know, but it's like, we're, we are never really who we really are. Like we should want to constantly be evolving and being better than the previous version of ourselves and that's something i strongly believe in and mm-hmm. that's something that i've been really shooting for like trying to work hard on 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 healing and in this healing journey that i'm on and, and trying to trying to be better than who i was because i really sucked not too long ago and and i realized this and the people that are around me realize it and they're like i think they can tell the difference and 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 the ways that my behavior has been uh, more recently, since I've been on this journey, because mental health can actually change you too, and it can make you not who you really want to be. Yeah. You know, so you have to you have to open your your thoughts up in your mind and be willing to go down a road that you may be scared to go down. Um, something you know, because something may seem frightening at first, but it may be way more worth it to take that less traveled path because yeah. we, we beat into our mind. We, we, we make these, um, these paths in our, these pathways in our mind that are like these beaten down trails throughout the woods that are like so well traveled that it's like a habit, you know, We're, we we, just take that trail and it's a habit to us to go yeah. the, the, you know, it's the, it's the path that's least resistant you know, mm-hmm. and it's so easy to go down that path. But like when you decide to say, screw this path, I'm going to just start walking off into the woods and I have no idea where I'm going. There's not even a path. I'm just going to make my own path. Mm-hmm. And then that's when the journey really begins. That's where the adventure begins, because you don't know what to expect. Yep. And then that's where you can do the most learning the most evolving and change. You know, It
1: really is. Yeah.
0: And that's, you know, that's what I want to, I want to share with people. And I want to be open and honest about the the shitty things I've done in my life and, and and what's gotten me to this point. Because I think if if I can help one person out there, you know, then, yeah. then I've done my, my job. That's the biggest <laughs> thing
1: is normalizing the fact of being able to talk about it because you're right. I mean, I know that um, not only I journal a lot of my stuff, but even just the records that the therapists I've had, you know, have kept. And where I, where I've come so far and everything else, just going back and, you know, realizing what I was like, what, what things I had wrong. And I know that there's always this thing in mental health where they say, well, you know, you never say you're wrong, but I, right, right. I, I understand that, but I can also look at something. Oh, no, that was definitely wrong. <laughs> you know, so I can, I can admit that to myself because as long as you're working toward that goal and you're trying, which is something oh, I've yeah. been told multiple times, as long as you're trying that means that you're doing something that you weren't before, which is the trying. Yeah. Yeah,
0: definitely, man. Well, I think we should wrap up here. You got to get going. I got some plans tonight. So uh, Mario, thanks again for for coming on here. Um, I want to let's see. um, Let us know where we can uh, let all the people know that if they didn't hear the past episode where they can find all your stuff. Um, I know you're on Instagram and Twitter um yeah. is it The Artisan Rogue? Yeah.
1: You know, always you Google The Artisan Rogue and it pulls up all those things on there, so Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, um all those places and it's on my Etsy stores under the same thing too. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then Etsy it, is it Etsy or Eatsy? Etsy? I don't know. Etsy. I've been <laughs> Etsy. saying
1: Etsy for a long time. So, I was like, "What?" <laughs> it's like, "Yeah, Etsy." <laughs> you
0: you've got a lot of good stuff on there. Thanks, man. So, I think people should check it out and uh, um Yeah, I want to give a shout out to um, at what Tom thinks on Twitter. Uh, He was on my last episode and I'm going to be releasing that tomorrow. cool! I think he is a paranormal investigator and we had a good discussion last week uh, and I've been working on the editing of that and it will be out um, before you even hear this episode. So I don't even know why I'm talking about this. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I just shout him out for, uh, thank him for being on that episode. And I hope to have him on again too. Um, cause paranormal investigation is some crazy kind of cool stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, it opens a lot of doors into different like psychological kind of things and in the human, I don't know, in our human being weird, twisted reality. And multiverse and all kinds oh, of crazy dude, stuff i
1: know I'll, I w- one of these times i'll have to share with you a story that happened in real life to my whole family oh kind of in the paranormal thing but yeah it was definitely a trip i'll have to share that later so
0: yeah definitely yep uh i'm gonna make a note of that well i'll make a note in a minute uh everybody out there thank you for listening mario thank you for being on here again yeah, yeah. um if you want to find out uh any more information about the Wormhole Manifest podcast, check us out on social media. Um, eventually, we will have a YouTube uh, channel up to where you can see uh, highlights from these actual podcast discussions because I've been shav- saving the video recordings as well as the audio for every episode. But I think I'm just going to make a big mesh of, uh, of stuff and <laughs> make like a highlights video awesome. to promote the podcast. Um, look at us on the website Linktree or linktree forward slash wormhole underscore manifest and we're on Twitter at wormfestpod Instagram wormhole underscore manifest and if anybody would like to be on the show just DM me on one of those social medias. I'd be glad to research who you are and find out what kind of cool stuff you have to offer for our show. So uh everyone, thank you out there. Mario, thanks again, man. Thank you. We will talk to you soon, buddy. Yep. Later.
1: See ya.